Da-na. Da-na. We're, we're in. How are you, Tori? It feels like a while since we talked. Has it been a week? Two weeks? A week. It can't be more than two weeks, because then we wouldn't have an episode. <laughs> I think it's... No, I think it's been about like a week and a half. Yeah, which is a long time for us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I want to know how my best bud Tori's doing. <laughs> I'm good. I am sleepy, but I am... Good, yeah. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. I am I am also sleepy <laughs> because I did not sleep last night. Uh because I was binge watching Our Flag Means Death. Oh. Um, did you watch the finale? That yes, came I out watched, today, I, right? I watched the finale uh at work. <laughs> um while I was coding, I had HBO Max on my phone and I was like as I was coding, I was like looking down and watching it and it's okay. It was... You don't need to make excuses for me. Work doesn't listen. <laughs> yeah. While I was but, coding. But, but yes, I, 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 I oh, that's a good fucking show. You binged it it's... just in time for the finale, huh? Yeah. I mean, I heard like the finale was coming out and I saw everyone hyping it up on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, all our I'm mutuals like, oh, are going man. insane. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I can't. And then like <laughs> when Molly draws art for something, I'm like, oh. I should, I should, I should have a look at that. Like, you know, like, oh, if it has Molly's interest, <laughs> if it has Molly's it, stamp of approval, yeah. Thinking about it, her drawing of uh, Jim kind of looks like lesbian Aragorn. Same vibes. Oh my god! Same vibes. They do kind of look like lesbian Aragorn. It's the, it's the slight dirtiness, and then like the jacket as well. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Just yeah, just the dirty vibe. Thing is, <laughs> thing is, I could totally cast Jim's actor as lesbian Aragorn. Yeah, I could. To- they have the long I saw, face. I think I for saw their it. Instagram for the first time because I've only seen them on the show, which I'm not caught up caught up on. I kind of fell asleep. Yeah. Um, no worries. But they're really hot. <laughs> have you seen their TikTok? No. Do I oh, need to? Oh, they have to? a TikTok, and they're very, they're very good. They're very, they're very funny. One of them uh, is them with the sound that's like, um, they're like, uh, oh, me every interview for our flag means death, and it's the sound of being trans isn't about passing; it's about spreading chaos and destroying <laughs> capitalism. God, if that ain't true, oh my gosh, you need to make a TikTok with that sound and stuff. Honestly, okay. I think Steph slightly looks like the actor who plays Jim, which is why they're my type. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh no, there's two of them. This happens so often. I'll see someone who's super hot, and then I'll just realize, and then you look they over look at like Steph, Steph, who's like eating like a hamburger or something. And you're I'm like, truly living uh, my best life <laughs> with my dream mine. person. That's mine. Um, did I tell you about the time I had gay panic in a library? It's like disgustingly cute. No, but it's <laughs> panic in the library sounds like <laughs> panic at the discos, more relaxed, not relaxed, but more refined friend or cousin. <laughs> refined cousin. Panic at the library. That's, that's my that's my vibe. Ah! Gay panic Shh. at the library. That'd be a great book. Or a TV gay show. Gay panic at the library. Yeah. I'm into it. Or it's it. like a... Do you remember that? I think it was like an MTV show called like Quiet in the Library or something. Oh my god, yeah. Where they did like the stupidest shit, but they couldn't couldn't laugh. laugh. I loved that when I was little. (laughs) Wow. It was so... I always watch the one where it's like they're shooting hot cocoa ingredients at the person through air guns. Was that on Nickelodeon? No, MTV? I think MTV. I think it was MTV. Because it has like the same kind of vibe is jackass kind of yeah oh my god we should anyway, play that gay panic <laughs> in the library uh oh yes okay so i was in a i think it was actually a bookshop in like seattle or something um and i was in the gay section uh, of course life with lesbians <laughs> bookshops in seattle and i was in the queer section looking through and out of the corner of my eye i saw a very hot obviously gay person and i, I like got a little flustered um, mm-hmm. and then they started walking towards me and I was like, oh shit. And I didn't make eye contact. 
And then they tapped me on the shoulder and I looked. I was very obviously trying not to make eye contact because I was like, this is a very beautiful person. Um, and then they tapped me on the shoulder and I turned and it was Steph. <laughs> oh. And I was like, wow, I just panicked over you. <laughs> That's Which so is, romantic, yeah, that's so disgustingly sweet. cute. <laughs> like that's me. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, ew. And then when you guys aren't looking, I go, aw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who is calling me from Tampa, Florida? Do you Could know anyone in Tampa? Connor, yeah, Connor oh. lives in the Tampa area. I hey, believe. Connor. But I think his cell phone is still the LA area. Sorry, code. Connor, I'm hanging up on you. I have other important things to do. Business. Maybe it's uh no. I was gonna say um uh pitbull. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. Uh have you ever uh no you have you ever done like an event with Pitbull? Oh yeah. Made... Oh you have? Yeah. It it wasn't good. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. He's Did Mr. Worldwide let us down? Yeah, he's on my shit list. Oh, no! <laughs> Enough so that if I hear him, I, like, cringe and have, like, post-event hives. Oh, God. Him and DJ Khaled. Okay, well, DJ Khaled doesn't eat pussy, so first yeah. off. Shit list. Shit right list. there. <laughs> God. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll save that story maybe for our patrons. You have to be paid yeah, to get a, those. It's a <laughs> have like a gossip podcast. Yeah, where just dish the hottest goss. <laughs> None of which I have, but um, I'm sure you have some. I mean, not really. Dig deep. Make it happen. You have time. Small town. Okay. Uh, when you move to LA, yeah, I I'm working on it. I applied. <laughs> to several jobs that I'm definitely not qualified for, but hey, one of my friends said as a woman they condone me having white man arrogance to get to LA. You know, that could get you far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could. <laughs> I just don't want I don't want to know what I'll become. <laughs> I think you of all people will be fine. I yeah, my self-consciousness runs way too deep to ever be gotten rid of like <laughs> Did I God tell help you us if I'm ever comfortable with myself? <laughs> anyway, Fake it what? till you make it. Um, I was yeah. going to say, did I tell you who I worked with on Tuesday, which is two days ago? Because no, I saw there was. I saw. I looked at your Instagram story, mm -hmm. but it was one of those where I quickly clicked through. Wow! Thanks, I, Paul. Well, I'm always <laughs> usually more interested in like the actual like event space you're in. How as nerdy of you! To who you're working, yeah. Because like you're some perfect of those for LA, spaces then. are actually quite beautiful, and I'm like, ooh, that's interesting. I was in an actual venue, so it was actually very nice. Like they had dressing rooms and bathrooms and <laughs> all the oh, usual things. Um, but uh, who was who was present? It was with Alicia Keys, mm. and I was. Yeah, you told me. Uh, when I was setting up times and you said, blame Alicia Keys. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> I said it to a friend. I was like, oh, I can't hang out. I have an event with Alicia Keys. And I like had a like out-of-body experience. I'm like, who are you? You're so stupid. Who just says you're, that? <laughs> you're flaunting names. You're just throwing out names. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm having tea with the queen. <laughs> no big deal. I'm having an event with Alicia Keys. With Alicia Keys, not... I'm doing an event that has Alicia Keys. Yeah. It's, you're with Alicia I am, Keys. I you am are, working. You are You are very close co co-workers in this instance. Apparently, I've been told she's my celebrity doppelganger. Mostly with, like, my glasses off and a side profile. All right, one sec. Let me pull up a picture of Alicia Keys. Keep my glasses off. Alicia Keys. Okay. And I've been told that by... Uh... <laughs> The hair. The hair for sure. Specifically facial, this picture I have of her hair like piled up like yours is. Um and shaved on the sides. Uh I don't know. I think you're much better looking, <laughs> oh, to be quite honest. Paula blushing. <laughs> I gotta I gotta support my friends, you know? 
give the lesbians everything they want. I mean, apparently Steph does that already, uh, but <laughs> specifically with you. Oh, goodness. goodness anyway, goodness. glad you're good. Yes, I, I'm glad I'm you're happy. I am enjoying those gay pirates. I'm enjoying the gay pirates. Uh, I never imagined how good Taika Waititi would look with long hair and a beard. Is uh, he Blackbeard? Oh, shit. Did I spoil that? I didn't know that. Well, it's oh, it's not surprise. spoiled because it's not like with the plot. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, he he plays Blackbeard. Wow. I knew his he a... looks good. I knew he, he looks... was a director. Has he acted before in things? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Have you watched uh, one of his like original creations? Uh, you've heard of What We Do in the Shadows, yeah? Mm-hmm. The original movie features him as one of the three vampires who are oh. roommates living together. <laughs> they were roommates. I believe it actually like was uh with these three guys. It was like a like his student film he first did. Oh. And then they actually uh then got funding to actually make it into an actual movie. I think if you go on YouTube, you can watch the original like student film they did. Huh. Uh which has still a few of the good ones. But yeah, like uh he acts in that. Um, I in, didn't uh, know that. He plays Hitler in a in a in a, in Jojo Rabbit. Wow. Uh, yeah, he plays he plays Hitler in that. Uh, Dang, jack of all trades. Yeah, he's a. I think he plays like a pastor in like looking for the wilder people or something, where like he's giving a funeral and he's just like, it's it's like a stupid scene because he's like. You know, there, there are all kinds of doors. Through one door, there's all the delicious treats available that you could want. Fanta, uh, chips, uh, fries, everything delicious. But then there's another door. <laughs> and you know what's behind that door? And like one of the kids goes, vegetables? He's like, Veg-? no. He's like, Jesus? He's like, no, no. Behind that door is another door. What? And he knows behind that door? Jesus? Yes, it's Jesus. It's like, it's it's such a. I don't need to see any of scene. these shows. I just need you to read. You just them need to me, me to play Taika. Yeah, you know? I just, I'm fine for Storyteller Paul. Just you know, telling me hold these. Who needs. <laughs> Who needs a brilliant indigenous writer director when you have a what perfectly good white when you have a perfectly good white boy right here? Paul, you're my favorite white boy. Have you? There's another. With well, a it's y. an old. There's another. Oh, oh, thank God. There might be some white boys Ho- with the eyes. White, <laughs> white boy. Um, there's what? another one now. I'm just thinking of fucking like I forget what the actual movie is, but. It's these two, uh, like, uh, black, like, construction workers, and they're just, like, working on a building, and they turn around, and there's this, this like, skinny white college kid in, like, a garbage truck, and he's, like, in the back of it as it drives past, and he kind of waves at them, and, and they just look, and they're like, people throw anything out these days. That's a perfectly good white boy right there. <laughs> I've heard that line before. Didn't yeah. know where it came from. <laughs> I, I can't remember the actual film. Uh, I'm gonna have to look that up. But I'm, <laughs> I always get so amused by that one. Uh, oh goodness! Good but stuff. Yes. Good stuff. Yes, we're all we're all caught up. Oh wait, it was your birthday. Oh, I feel like we should birthday. mention that because we didn't yes. mention it before. I'm now twenty-five. Quarter of a century. <laughs> For those listening, uh, Paul just dabbed. (laughs) Dabbed on a podcast. Showing I'm still young. (laughs) Still Gen Zer. How was your birthday? When I turn 30, I'll stop dabbing. I don't believe it. I'm not yet 30. You're going to be that dabbing dad. Dad? Oh, fuck no. (laughs) I can't. I can't do that to my kids. Um, How was your birthday? I know how it was, but please tell the listeners how your birthday was. Uh, my, I had my actual party on, uh, kind of 
well, it wasn't even a party. It kind of was on Sunday night because mm-hmm. Sunday is when I usually go over to my parents' house and we have dinner. And my mom, uh, she always combines my birthday meal with uh, our St. Patrick's Day meal, oh. which means she cooks uh, uh, corned beef mm-hmm. and red pot- red mashed potatoes and cabbage. Oh, that sounds uh, so good. And the cabbage is always like cooked with like bacon and Ooh. Like, added seasonings, and it's always very good. Okay, mom. Um, it was so good. And then my mom made red velvet cake. I I tried imitate <laughs> it for you. It was when really I was good. Visiting LA. Okay, you say that, but you haven't had the actual like. You you, you okay, enjoyed you make another. You enjoyed the Frankenstein monster <laughs> that I created which was still good i've never had anyone make a red velvet cake for me so like regardless it was like a homemade red velvet cake i was gonna love well, it and i did let me tell you when i'm living in la and like yours or steph's birthday comes around you best believe i'm gonna drop by with a cake for you guys i'm ready for it be like, <laughs> come on eat up uh but then on my actual birthday i went over again to my parents because uh, a family friend was over and he wanted to see me uh, and we had donut burgers. Uh, my family donut did. Burgers? I did not. Yes, it's where you have a hamburger. Sorry, this sounds. The, this is about to sound really Illinois. I'm sure. <laughs> and the buns are two donuts. Well, not wow. two donuts. A donut cut in half, and then wow. put on both sides. And, and everything else normal burger. What, like, do you, do you like ketchup, mustard? Initially, but then this family friend introduced us to the idea of the only other topping being a spicy jam. Whoa. So it's like burger patty, yeah. jam, two donuts. Whoa. That's a, that's a, it's a lot for and me. Just I've regular only had glazed one, donuts. Yeah, like regular, like I think we got Krispy Kreme last year, but this mm. time we just got like store brand. Um, that sounds intense. <laughs> it's, there's a reason why I didn't have one this year. <laughs> and I still had food like like the flu or something Uh, like i don't know but because the next day i threw up at work oh no yeah partied too hard partied too hard (laughs) i think it's like i had gotten through most of my shift it was towards the end of my shift that i'm like oh god why is my stomach and the worst thing was i was in the middle of a show and so I'm out. I'm spacing through. No, I didn't run out. I stayed there spacing through and grabbed a waste basket you that we had. You through the, like, you puking? Luckily, we were, like, we were through, like, a package or something. Oh, my God. But, like, I'm vomiting into this waste paper <laughs> basket while spacing through this live television show. And wow. my producers are looking over at me with this face of just concern. And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> the show must go on. And then luckily, my coworker, uh, the other director, uh, he had been out on the uh, floor uh, just checking up on things. He runs back and he just goes, go home. And then he sits <laughs> down and takes over the show. Uh, and then I was sick for last Thursday and Friday. Aww. So it gave me a long weekend. Granted, for a good portion of that, I was out of commission. Uh, for fun things. That was uh, last Thursday? Last Friday? A week ago, yeah. That's weird. Steph and I got food poisoning on Wednesday and we both called out of work Thursday. Oh my gosh. We could have we we had a Discord uh, sick party. And just been like, <laughs> In solidarity. Hey guys, how, how's your vomiting been? <laughs> uh, What'd you guys get food poisoning from? Din Tai Fung, which is... Uh, mm. If you don't know, it's really good soup dumplings. It's like apparently too good. (laughs) Yeah, but we had one other friend go with us, and they were perfectly fine. So then we were like, "Was it the boba?" Which I don't want to believe it was the boba because boba would never do me dirty. Well, even if it did do you dirty, you're in an abusive relationship with that thing. (laughs) That's true. I'm like, come on, Tori, boba's no good. And you're like, take me back, baby, please. I was actually going to get boba today because it's been a while. A while as in like a week. Treat (laughs) yourself. Treat yourself. I'll never understand boba, really, but treat yourself. (sighs) Anyway. That was a solid 20-minute catch-up. That was a solid (laughs) 20-minute of content. And we have two 
chapters to get through. Oh, these were these were fun. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, I mean, they're both fairly basic in premise, anyway. I feel like there's a every chapter is like like uh, it feels like a D and D campaign. Every chapter, Jimmy throws in just like a new bad guy, a <laughs> new a, encounter, a yeah, new, like a little. A and zest, a and Bilbo's pizzazz. getting out of it just sheer luck. But oh, yeah. we can talk more about that after the yes, intro. We can. So, three. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> False start there. <laughs> I was so perfectly timed. <laughs> it was like on the dot. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Silly Marillion. I almost forgot there for a second. A podcast where I, Paul, the dollar store Michael Sarah, introduce Tori, the Vaughn's brand Alicia Keys, to to everything Tolkien. Uh, starting with the Silmarillion, we have now moved ourselves into The Hobbit, and Tori is just enjoying herself, making her way downtown, walking fast. Faces that's past. Not even Alicia, that's not even Alicia Keys. I don't even know any of Alicia Keys' songs, to be quite honest. I'm sure you do. Not, no, no, all right, uh, throw one at me. Come on. Uh, girl on Fire. This girl, girl is on fire. Girl is on fire. Okay, you got again. All right, I know that one. <laughs> I just never attribute artists with their work. I just hear the song and go, oh. <laughs> hey, Paul. Thanks for having me. Yes. <laughs> Welcome, Alicia. Glad, I, glad I, you could be here. I think that was one of your best intros you've done. Yeah? <laughs> Dollar, Should Dollar I make more like analogies and... of what we are? Yes, please. <laughs> yes. My mom always said that if I was higher pitched voice, I could do a pretty good Michael Sarah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I kind of have this. One girl once said I look like Nick Jonas, and I do not Whoa. trust that. I, that is high praise. I do not look like Nick Jonas. You'll have to. You'll have to slick the hair a little bit. Less hair. Less hair. But he oh, does have curly. My hair is way too uncontrollable. Maybe though. like older I feel like... Nick Jonas. Yeah, because he had like the curly like mop of hair back back then. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> Back to Bilbo. <laughs> Back to Bilbo. So, uh, our readings for today, <laughs> it's like this is church, our Professor readings Paul. today <laughs> come from the Book of Hobbit, chapter seven. Um, uh, the first two chap, the two chapters we uh, have read for today are chapter seven, Out of the Frying Pan and Into the Fire, and chapter uh, eight, no, uh, chapter six out of the fire and pan into the fire, and chapter seven queer lodgings. Queer lodgings. Um, I, I know mean, that's about what queer I ref- that's what I refer to your house when I came to visit. <laughs> was queer lodgings. Oh my gosh, that would be kind of like a cool little like if you had like a cabin. You, you know how some people name their cabins mm-hmm. and stuff. Just name yours queer lodgings. That's really cute. Someone should do that for like a hobbity themed Airbnb call it queer lodgings man we already have so many business plans related to tolkien stuff we could we got be Hel- rich Karakse. if they weren't we gatekeeping got... <laughs> could be rich if it wasn't for capitalism capitalism <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yes so i guess we'll just jump right into this uh, uh what happened in this chapter let's see oh this so... was right after so Bilbo escapes with the ring. I had forgotten all ring. about that. I feel like it was like years ago. <laughs> and he's outside the mountains, and he almost, almost by chance, he like he notices one of the dwarves. I think it's Balin, uh, mm-hmm. keeping watch, and he's still wearing the ring, so he's invisible. So he decides, I'm gonna 
play a little prank on the dwarves, and he just kind of like appears in their midst. But before he does uh, that, he has a, yeah. a little bit of a like high school moment with like his oh my God, friends where he are like talking about yeah. him behind his back, and I was like, oh poor Bilbo. They didn't realize he was in the bathroom stall. Yeah, <laughs> crying. They started talking shit. Uh, and then he oh appears and shows them. Yeah, and then he's like, "I'm the best fucking burglar. I can turn invisible." <laughs> but he didn't and... say that, and he didn't tell them. He has the ring yet, right? Yeah, he doesn't reveal that he has the ring. Instead, yeah. uh, he tells basically the entire story up to uh, like the end of the riddle game with Gollum. <laughs> the um, riddle off. <laughs> the riddle off. Then he just kind of lies out his ass and goes, oh, and because I won, uh, Gollum showed me the way out. And that's what happened. And then he, he kind of uh, like passes off his like ability to turn invisible as him just being a good burglar uh that he was just so good they didn't even notice him <laughs> just sneaking you just don't know me uh gandalf is highly suspicious yeah because he said bilbo said at the end that he won by saying what's in my pocket and i was yeah. like oh that's where they're gonna wonder what the answer is to that riddle and then they just skated past it exactly <laughs> What is in your pocket, Mr. Baggins? He doesn't, yeah. Uh, the wizard, yeah, so Gandalf, as always, has like this twinkle in his eye when he thinks someone's lying. Uh, but he doesn't really say anything. And he's just like, mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> he but, gave Bilbo a more, queer look. A queer look. <laughs> the queer eye, you, <laughs> you might say. There's no time to be suspicious of Bilbo because the sun is setting, and when the sun sets, the goblins are more are more capable of leaving their mountains. So the party has to get away as fast as possible. Uh, so they make their way around to a clearing with a few. I think it's five fir trees, I believe, and uh, they stumble across this meeting place of the wargs. Now, wargs yeah. are very intelligent wolves who are capable of speech. And, of course, Gandalf speaks that language. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a wizard. He has, he's, he's able to speak with the birds and beasts. Uh, but the wargs uh, are kind of waiting there because initially the goblins were supposed to meet them there. And then they'd go raid a bunch of woodsmen's cottages for plunder and slaves and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the wolves are kind of ticked off and they kind of run up these uh, dwarves and Gandalf and Bilbo up into these trees. Uh, But they can't climb. And so they're just kind of waiting there for the goblins to come here uh, because goblins can climb and they also like to use fire. So they Um, can climb, they could chop the things down on fire and they can yeah, yeah. <laughs> just timber a bunch of hobbits and dwarves and trees uh, the goblins soon arrive and oh uh, first gandalf shows off some of his super cool wizard powers where he grabs a fucking pine cone lights it on fire with his hand and just yeets it down <laughs> at the wolves fireball uh which the wargs do not care for they do not like fire but the goblins come along, and they don't give a shit about fire. <laughs> and they're like, hey, good idea. So they start piling a bunch of like brush and wood at the base of these trees and light them on fire. And they even write a little song about it. Oh, yes. Uh, Fifteen birds and five fir trees. Their feathers were fanned in a fiery breeze. But funny little birds, they had no wings. Oh, what shall we do with the funny little things? Roast them alive or stew them in a pot. Fry them, boil them, and eat them hot. Burn, burn, tree and fern. Shrivel and scorch a fizzling torch to light the night for our delight. Yahey! Yahey! Bake and toast them, fry and roast them till beards blaze and eyes glaze, till hair smells and skins crack, fat melts and bones black, and cinders lie beneath the sky, so those dwarves shall die and light the night for our delight. Yahey! Yaharry hey! Yahoy! Yahoy! Well done! Yahoy! Beautiful! We need to incorporate Yahoy into everyday speech. Goblins have some great songs. They got some jams. Moving up in the Billboard 100. Grammy award winning great goblin. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh gosh. Well done, well done. Top. You should have goblin. Do you have, have you ever uh, had a event with a goblin? <laughs> with the great goblin? Not G yet. Money. Not yet. Uh, he G costs money, too the much. Goblin. He costs more than our clients can afford. Unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Um, Yahoy. Yahoy. Uh, and so they basically make like uh, rednecks in the woods and just make a big fucking bonfire. <laughs> and they're just ready to burn them the fuck down. Luckily, Gandalf is fantastic at networking. And uh, the the great eagles the of the eagles. mountains. The eagles are coming. The eagles are drawn to this fire because they, they see very far and they notice what these goblins are doing and they're like, okay, well, we don't like goblins. What's going on here? And they basically come on down and scoop up the dwarves and Bilbo and Gandalf from the trees. Uh, they don't actually scoop up Bilbo, I think. I think he grabs onto Dory's legs. Yes. And then him and Dory. Dory it's... is always helping Bilbo out, like carrying him on his Dory back. Dory is his. Dory is his. Is his dude, you know. This is buddy. Dory is his friend, and I like how Dory does it, like kind of grudgingly, like. Yeah, he's like, uh, you are the worst, but why also, am I babysitting uh, I'm here to take care Hobbit. of you? <laughs> and then, uh, like as Bilbo's like clinging to it, uh, he uh, he moans, "My arms, my arms!" And Dory groans, "My, my poor l- legs, my, my legs. poor legs." <laughs> would you rather? Mess. Would you rather be hanging on by your arms or have someone hanging on to your legs? Have someone hanging by my legs because then I don't have oh, to definitely. worry about my strength. That's like, like all yeah. on them if they can't hold on and die. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, sure it hurts, but if you <laughs> let go, I'm fine. Yeah. So Dory, uh, Dory is complaining, but I think Bilbo kind of has the, uh, <laughs> the, shorter, the short end of the stick yeah. of this one. Short, short end of the leg. Yes. So the uh, eagles bring them to their eyrie up in the mountains and take care of them. Uh, we get some backstory of why they're so uh, happy to help, because apparently uh, when the Lord of the Eagles was young, Gandalf helped him like healed him of a wound and so again Gandalf's just really good at networking it's gotta be said Um, (laughs) he knows everyone his fucking LinkedIn must be fucking bonkers (laughs) like just fucking ridiculous he's got everyone on there so then they essentially bring them to this uh, place called the Karak uh, which is just a very large boulder in the middle of, uh, well, it's not even a boulder. It's a land formation, I guess I should say. And I uh, in the middle of the great river Anduin. They asked, like, what's a Karak? And they're like, oh, it's just the name that they decided to call it. Yeah, and it's Karak. That's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's our guy. And from there, uh, Gandalf uh, says, okay, I checked my LinkedIn page. I, there's another <laughs> guy nearby who could possibly take care of us. That he hasn't connected with. That's just a mutual. It's like a second connection. True, He only knows him through his fucking cousin. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, okay, this is going to be awkward, guys. Uh, But hear me out. He's a shapeshifter. So that's cool. (laughs) No big deal. Uh, No big deal. (laughs) We'll we'll just show up and let me do the talking. Uh, Maybe that could be what we read. That could be our reading segment telling that story and the dwarves showing up yeah like the dwarves showing up one by one and doing that the dwarves go marching two by two hurrah 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 hurrah. (laughs) yeah i think that's the next part so we'll do that after a while they came to a belt of tall and very ancient oaks and beyond these to a high thorn hedge through which you could neither see nor scramble you had better wait here said the wizard to the dwarves and when I call or whistle, begin to come after me. Uh, you will see the way I go, but only in pairs, mind, about five minutes between each pair of you. Uh, Bomber is fattest and will do for two. He had better come alone and last. Come on, Mr. Baggins, there's a gate somewhere around this way. And with that, he went off along the hedge, taking the frightened hobbit with him. They soon came to a wooden gate, high and broad, beyond which they could see gardens and a cluster of low wooden buildings, some thatched and made of unshaped logs, 
barns, stables, sheds, and a long, low wooden house. Inside, on the southward side of the great head, were rows and rows of hives with bell-shaped tops made of straw. The noise of the giant bees flying to and fro and crawling in and out filled all the air. The wizard and the hobbit pushed open the heavy, creaking gate and went down a wide track towards the house. Some horses, very sleek and well-groomed, trotted up across the grass and looked at them intently with very intelligent faces. Then off they galloped to the buildings. They have gone to tell him of the arrival of strangers, said Gandalf. Soon they reached a courtyard, three walls of which were formed by the wooden house and its two long wings. In the middle there was lying a great oak trunk with many lopped branches beside it. Standing near was a huge man with a thick black beard and hair and great bare arms and legs with knotted muscles. He was clothed in a tunic of wool down to his knees and was leaning on a large axe. The horses were standing by him with their noses at his shoulder. Ugh, here they are, he said to the horses. They don't look dangerous. You can be off. He laughed a great rolling laugh, put down his axe, and came forward. Who are you, and what do you want? He asked gruffly, standing in front of them and towering tall above Gandalf. As for Bilbo, he could easily have trotted through his legs without ducking his head to miss the fringe of the man's brown tunic. I'm Gandalf, said the wizard. Never heard of him, growled the man. And what's this little fellow? He said, stooping down to frown at the hobbit with his bushy black eyebrows. That is Mr. Baggins, a hobbit of good family and unimpeachable reputation, said Gandalf. Bilbo bowed. He had no hat to take off and was painfully conscious of his many missing buttons. I'm a wizard, continued Gandalf. I have heard of you, if you have not heard of me. But perhaps you've heard of my good cousin Radagast, who lives near the southern borders of Mirkwood. Yes, not a bad fellow, as wizards go, I believe. I used to see him now and again, said Bayorn. Well, now I know who you are, or who you say you are. What do you want? To tell the truth, we have lost our luggage and nearly lost our way, and are rather in need of help, or at least of advice. I may say we have had a rather bad time with goblins in the mountains. Goblins, said the big man less gruffly. Oh, so you've been having trouble with them, have you? What did you go near them for? We did not mean to. They surprised us at night in a pass which we had to cross. We were coming out of the lands over west into these countries. This is a long tale. Then you had better come inside and tell me some of it, if it won't take all day, said the man, leading the way through a dark door that opened out of the courtyard into the house. Following him, they found themselves in a wide hall with a fireplace in the middle. Though it was summer, there was a wood fire burning and the smoke was rising to the blackened rafters in search of the way out through an opening in the roof. They passed through this dim hall, lit only by the fire in the hole above it, and came through another smaller door into a sort of veranda propped on wooden posts made of single tree trunks. It faced south and was still warm and filled with the light of the westering sun which slanted into it, and fell golden on the garden full of flowers that came right up to the steps. Here they sat on wooden benches while Gandalf began his tale, and Bilbo swung his dangly legs and looked at the flowers in the garden, wondering what their names could be, as he had never seen half of them before. I was coming over the mountains with a friend or two, said the wizard. Or two. I can only see one, and a little one at that, said Bjorn. Well, to tell you the truth, I did not like to bother you with a lot of this until I found out if you were busy. I will give a call, if I may. Go on, call away. So Gandalf gave a long, shrill whistle, and presently Thorin and Dory came around the house by the garden path and stood bowing low before them. One or three, you meant, I see, said Bjorn. But these aren't hobbits. They are dwarves. Thorin Oakenshield, at your service. Dory, at your service, said the two dwarves, bowing again. I don't need your service, thank you, said Bjorn. But I expect you'll need mine. I am not over-fond of dwarves, but if it is true you are Thorin, son of Thrain, son of Thror, I believe, 
and that your companion is respectable, and that you are enemies of goblins, and are not up to any mischief in my land. What are you up to, by the way? They're on their way to visit the land of their fathers, away east beyond Mirkwood. Put in Gandalf. And it is entirely an accident that we are in your lands at all. We were crossing by the high pass that should have brought us to the road that lies to the south of your country, when we were attacked by the evil goblins, as I was about to tell you. Go on telling, then, said Bjorn, who was never very polite. There was a terrible storm. The stone giants were hurling rocks, and at the head of the pass we took refuge in a cave, the hobbit and I and several of our companions. Do you call two several? Well, no. As a matter of fact, there were more than two. Where are they? Killed? Eaten? Gone home? Well, well, no, they they don't seem old to have come when I whistled. Shy, I expect. You see, we are very much afraid that we are rather a lot for you to entertain. Go on, whistle again. I'm in for a party, it seems, and one or two more won't make much difference. Growled Bjorn. Gandalf whistled again, but Nori and Ori were there almost before he had stopped, for, if you remember, Gandalf had told them to come in pairs every five minutes. Hello, said Bjorn. You came pretty quick. Where were you hiding? Come on, my jack-in-the-boxes. Nori, at your service. Ori, at... They began, but Bjorn interrupted them. Thank you. When I want your help, I will ask for it. Sit down, and let's get on with this tale, or it will be supper time before it is ended. As soon as we were asleep, went on Gandalf... A crack at the back of the cave opened. Goblins came out and grabbed the hobbit and the dwarves and our troop of ponies. Troop of ponies? What were you, a travelling circus? Or were you carrying lots of goods? Or do you always call six a troop? No, no. As a matter of fact, there were more than six ponies, for there were more than six of us. And, well, uh, here are two more. Just at that moment, Balin and Dolan appeared and bowed so low that their beards swept the stone floor. The big man was frowning at first, but they did their best to be frightfully polite and kept on nodding and bending and bowing and waving their hoods before their knees, in proper dwarf fashion, till he stopped frowning and burst into a chuckling laugh. They looked so comical. <laughs> Troop is right, he said. A fine comic one. Come in, my merry men, and what are your names? I don't want your service just now, only your names. And then sit down and stop wagging. Balin and Dwalin, they said, not daring to be offended, and sat flop on the floor looking rather surprised. Now go on again, said Bayorn to the wizard. Where was I? Oh, yes, I was not grabbed. I killed a goblin or two with a flash. Good! growled Bjorn. It is some good being a wizard, then. And slipped inside the crack before it closed. I followed down into the main hall, which was crowded with goblins. The great goblin was there with thirty or forty armed guards. I thought to myself, even if they were not all chained together, what can a dozen do against so many? A dozen? That's the first time I've heard eight called a dozen. Or have you still got some more jacks that haven't come out of their boxes yet? Well, yes, uh, there seem to be a couple more. Here, here, now, uh, Feely and Keely, I believe. Said Gandalf, as these two now appeared and stood smiling and bowing. That's enough. Said Bayorn. Sit down and be quiet. Now, go on, Gandalf. So Gandalf went on with the tale until he came to the fight in the dark, the discovery of the lower gate, and their horror when they found out that Mr. Baggins had been mislaid. We counted ourselves and found that there was no hobbit. There were only fourteen of us left. Fourteen. That's the first time I've heard one from ten leave fourteen. You mean nine, or else you haven't told me yet all the names of your party. Well, uh, of course, you haven't seen uh, Oin and Gloin yet. And, bless me, here they are. I hope you will forgive them for bothering you. Oh, let them all come. Hurry up! Come along, you two, and sit down. 
But look here, Gandalf, even now we have only got yourself and ten dwarves and the hobbit that was lost. That only makes eleven, plus one mislaid, and not fourteen, unless wizards count differently to other people. But now please get on with the tale. Bayorn did not show it more than he could help, but really he had begun to get very interested. You see, in the old days he had known the very part of the mountains that Gandalf was describing. He nodded and he growled when he heard of the hobbit's reappearance and of their scramble down the stone slide and of the wolf ring in the woods. When Gandalf came to their climbing into trees with the wolves all underneath, he got up and strode about and muttered, I wish I had been there. I would have given them more than fireworks. Well said Gandalf, very glad to see that his tale was making a good impression. I did the best I could. There we were, with the wolves going mad underneath us, and the forest beginning to blaze in places, when the goblins came down from the hills and discovered us. They yelled with delight, and sang songs making fun of us, fifteen birds and five fir trees. Good heavens! growled Beorn. Don't pretend that goblins can't count. They can. Twelve is not fifteen, and they know it. And so do I. There were Biffer and Bofer as well. I haven't ventured to introduce them before, but here they are. In came Biffer and Bofer. And me? Gasped Bomber, puffing up behind. He was fat, and also angry at being left to last. He refused to wait five minutes and followed immediately after the other two. Well, now there are fifteen of you, and since goblins can count, I suppose that is all that were up the trees. Now perhaps we can finish this story without any more interruptions. Mr. Baggins saw then how clever Gandalf had been. The interruptions had really made Bayon more interested in the story, and the story had kept him from sending the doors off at once like suspicious beggars. He never invited people into his house if he could help it. He had very few friends, and they lived a good way away, and he never invited more than a couple of these to his house at a time. Now he had got fifteen strangers sitting in his porch. By the time the wizard had finished his tale and had told of the eagle's rescue and of how they had all been brought to the Karak, the sun had fallen behind the peaks of the misty mountains, and the shadows were long in Bayorn's garden. Very good tale, said he. The best I have heard for a long while. If all beggars could tell such a good one, they might find me kinder. You may be making it all up, of course, but you deserve a supper for the story all the same. Let's have something to eat. Yes, please, they all said together. Thank you very much. Yes, so they meet Bayorn, the shapeshifter. Bayorn. Big, burly man. A, he's a bear who turns into a bear, uh, <laughs> basically. I had the same he's, thought. <laughs> he's, he's big and he's hairy. And it's, I'm like, you're very descriptive with this. Is Tolkien. Jimmy the Why reason the queers have that phrase, bears? All comes back, back to Tolkien. Okay, Bayorn? Bayorn, yeah. He's super cool. Oh, yeah. He's, like, he's just a grumpy guy yeah. who is a shapeshifter. And he, like, Gandalf is telling this, st- this story. He's like, uh, do you know how to count? Because you said 10 before, and now there's 15. And Yeah, he's a very whizzy. Uh, whizzy. Witty. He's very whizzy. Uh, but he's also a good guy because in the end, like, he's like, okay, yeah, fine. You can stay in my house uh, with its big bees. And also the fucked up idea of dogs walking on their hind legs and serving food. Oh, I didn't even catch that. I was just imagining dogs. I missed that detail. Yeah, uh, the dogs could stand on their hind legs when they wished and carry things with their forefeet. And that's terrifying. (laughs) I don't like that. I don't like that It's a little werewolf of them. Uh, It's it's um, Dogman. I was was about to say, we talked about this. (laughs) Yeah. Except they still have paws. They don't have hands. Hmm. They still have paws. So they're like holding. Again, I could. It'd be kind of amusing to see Honey doing that. <laughs> she wouldn't be able to carry anything but like little shot glasses or something. <laughs> bring, bring me my shot glasses. Yeah, he tells the story of how they escaped. <laughs> the dwarves come marching two by two, except for Bom- yeah. Bombor, who's the fattest. Who's the fattest, and so he counts for two. Come on. 
Come on, John. Come on. <laughs> uh, um, there was a lot of mentions of queer in these two chapters. Before, I was at four mentions. And after those two chapters, I am now at ten. Yeah. Ten queers. The whole ten chapter queers. with the queer queerology. This here is ten queers. <laughs> uh, and then he lets them borrow some horses and some food. He really uh, sets yes, he them lends up them well. ponies and supplies uh, on the condition that when they reach Mirkwood Forest, they let the ponies free to come back to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's all about animals. He's got like a cool little farmstead. He's a basically. druid. He's uh, he's just he's, a druid. He's a uh, oh what? He's like those lesbians who go out and just have farms and just <laughs> yeah, queer lodgings. Yeah, that's queer the name lodgings. of the farm. Queer lodgings. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, that's all, that's kind of it for this. Uh, oh, at the very chapter. end, when they do reach Mirkwood. Oh yes. Send the, uh, send totally the ponies back, and they realize that a bear had been walking mm-hmm. by them this whole time. And... Bilbo noticed. Props to Bilbo. He is very exactly. He is very observant for all the trouble that he gets into. Also, we could mention uh, when they were staying with Beorn, uh, he found uh, a goblin and a warg scouting out the area. Uh, and when they wake up, they find he has a new warg pelt that he has hanging up that he's going to make into yeah. like a rug. And he's got the goblin head on a stake outside his front door. And it's like, hey, this man doesn't fuck around this man takes no prisoners (laughs) um but yeah they finally uh do get to uh the edge of mirkwood and gandalf goes okay see ya and they're like whoa 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 the only reason they got out of all these situations is because of gandalf i would also be frightened it's it's the DM being like, I have had this NPC guiding you guys along for way too long. I'm tired of having him rescue you guys and be like involved in like encounters. I'm tired of playing him. He's got other stuff own. to do. You're <laughs> on your own. Uh, which uh, you do eventually find out that Gandalf is going. Because he has to deal with Sauron stuff. Oh. Um, at that time. He has to go uh, meet with the White Council to see what they're going to do with this necromancer in Southern Mirkwood. Oh, okay. I had that Sauron. underline to ask you about. I was like, yes. what, what is this necromancer? Do we know? Yeah, the um, necromancer is, is the disguise Sauron takes on for himself mm. before he returns to Mordor. Which is kind of, it's eerie to think that Bilbo actually kind of gets close to Sauron. Like, he's entering Mirkwood. Mm. And Sauron is in southern Mirkwood. Okay. And, like, this is a very close distance. And it, it, you, you do feel like it's very touch and go with how, uh, like, it, how lucky Bilbo is that Sauron did not catch him in those woods when he did. It would have been a um, whole other story. He was probably driving Sauron crazy when Bilbo kept taking the ring on and off, and he couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> ah, I think there was a, another section in here that I underlined, and I was like, ask Paul about. Who is Radagast? Radagast is another wizard. Um, I think Gandalf calls him his cousin in this one. Yeah. Uh... Like, I mean, I guess they're related in the fact that they were created at the same time. Uh, but uh, I guess I could talk about the five wizards. Uh, the five wizards get sent in the Third Age to essentially count, try to counter Sauron. Mm. You have... And they came down from a meteor, right? <laughs> no, they didn't. They came <laughs> by ship. Um, they came in ships. Uh, that, and they just kind of appeared. And they're all in the guise of old men. Uh, except for my headcan that the two blue wizards are both two old lesbians. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, the ones, the two blue wizards are, I think the names are Alatar and Polando. And we don't know very much about them. Uh, all we know is that they were Maiar of Orome, the oh. hunter Valar. Mm-hmm. 
And they went far into the east, and there's a bunch of speculation about what they did in the east. Some say they failed, they had like a great failing in their purpose, and just ended up making a bunch of magic cults in the east. Ooh. Uh, that was Tolkien's first idea. But then he rethinks this and goes, well, actually, there's a lot of people living far to the east that we never know about. So he's like, for all, I, for I, for all we know, they might have started like a rebellion in the east against Sauron. Hmm. And that's why he couldn't send all his forces west, uh, because he needed to quell that rebellion as yeah. well at the same time. Huh. Uh, then you have Saruman, mm -hmm. the white, who is a Maiar of Aule. Uh, ironically, the same he's uh, Sauron was also a Meyer of Aule, so Aule oh. kind of has like a bad, a bad. Uh, was it raising them Meyer right? turning <laughs> turning evil? But it's kind of it's it's interesting when you look into it because in the Silmarillion, it said that Aule's skills and abilities were very close to Morgoth's, but it was his own personal kind of behavior and how he treated his things that mm. prevented him from being evil and you wonder if if his Maiar are similar to him you wonder if maybe corruption just comes easier to them simply with how their brains work oh, um, I'll, I'll talk deep. more about the corruption of Saruman when we get into like Fellowship of the Ring and Two Towers yeah. because I actually really enjoy the character of Saruman specifically uh, when you try to look at why he does what he does, how, how he falls, yeah. and how terrible that is. Um, then you have, of course, Gandalf, who is a Maiar of Manwe. Mm -hmm. uh, but he also studied under Nienna, the Valar of Wisdom and uh, Sadness. Mm -hmm. And that's where he learned like pity for others yeah. and caring and Some stuff empathy. like that. It's empathy. Uh, and then you have Radagast, the brown, uh, and he is very much nature boy. Uh, he was a Maiar of Yavanna, mm -hmm. uh, the Ent Lady. She's all about Tree nature queen. and stuff. Yeah. And uh, we don't really see him uh, interact very much. We we, we see him huh. like I think we only really see him in Fellowship of the Ring when Saruman sends him to fetch Gandalf, and then we don't hear about him again. Oh, uh, he just interesting. Because He's not interested in the peoples of Middle-earth. His big thing is about protecting nature in Middle-earth. His mm. big thing is about the animals of the forest, the trees, all that. Yeah. Um, and that's why he kind of lives alone near Mirkwood. And you can imagine that's why he's also decent friends with uh, Bayorn. Ah, that makes sense. Because Bayorn is practically animal of Middle-earth. Yeah, he's like half animal and he's also kind of yeah. got this nature vibe going with him. <laughs> so that was the mutual they had on LinkedIn was Radagast. Yeah, that was, yeah <laughs> Radagast was uh, their mutual. And uh, yeah, those are, those are the five wizards uh, real quick. So, uh, But yeah. yeah, Gandalf's like, I gotta go. You guys will be fine, gotta but go, gotta go, gotta here are go, some. Gotta go. Here, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. It's it's that that fucking. It's a TikTok sound. I don't know. What it's okay, from. So I think it's from like a movie with Lin Manuel Miranda that no one watched. Um, <laughs> ugh. Anyway, uh, so Gandalf's like, okay, I'm leaving you here, uh, but. Before I go, here are some basic guidelines to get through something as ominous as Mirkwood. Yeah. Stay on the fucking road. <laughs> don't don't stray from the fucking road. Stay on the stay on the path. They better stay on the path. And don't drink any of the water that you find in there. It's like black. Because it's all magic and shit. Yeah. You don't want. You won't. You don't want to deal with that. Luckily, Bayorn has given us enough fresh water for it to last. It, so if you if you guys aren't fucking stupid, so he's like, just get over there. I will meet you outside the Lonely Mountain. Don't go in without me. I'm letting you be adults for once. <laughs> Don't make me regret oh boy. this fucking decision. Oh boy! And then and then he rides off. <laughs> Okay, I found the other question that I had. Yes. Um, so it was about the Lord of the Eagles. They left, and Bilbo never saw them again, except high and far off in the Battle of Five Armies. What's yes. that? Do we know what that is? You will find out when you when we keep reading the book. Okay. 
that the Battle of Five book? Armies is kind of a big culmination of things at the end of this book. Oh, so he just like slipped in a little teaser about the end? Yeah. Huh. Oh, wait, he says that. <laughs> but if yeah. that comes in at the end of this tale, we will say no more about it just now. Yeah. Because oh. it's a, again, it's a, it's a rambling dad telling yeah. a story to his kids. And then he's like, oh, I shouldn't have told you guys. That's a spoiler. Oh. I didn't know if it was like talking about like another book or like in Lord of the Rings or yeah. somewhere off. <laughs> um. But hmm. yes, I, I, that's that's those are the two chapters. Good stuff. We meet some Good eagles stuff. and some Get wargs. Some eagles, a bear, a shapeshifter, a shapeshifter, shapeshifting bear. Now I'm just picturing Bayorn in like pride gear, <laughs> like, <laughs> like short shorts and a tank top. Oh, uh, it just says loud and proud on. That should be wow. someone's Ren Fair outfit. Bear Bayorn. Yeah. For the for the nerdies. For the nerdy <laughs> for the gays queer. out there. Yep. <laughs> That's definitely a uh, California Ren Fair thing. I'll let you know if I see one. Oh good. <laughs> uh I have one shout out to give at the end of our episode here. Shout out yes. to new patron Sandra. Thanks for joining our party. Oh Sandra, welcome. Yeah. Um I did a little poll. You're gonna scare the mole off, Paul. Yeah. Um Honey keeps crying at me in the corner, which is why I keep looking over there. <laughs> We're almost done, honey. Don't almost worry. done. Um Oh, I did a poll for our bonus pod. And yes. uh, I did it between a silly rant or a silly get to know you, and silly get to know you was creeped up. So that is what this month's bonus pod will be. Um, All right. I have, I have a series of questions for us, honey. I'm almost done. I wonder if you could hear squeaks in the. I I actually heard a little. Bit, <laughs> yeah. Squeaks. Um, Poor baby. I have a series of questions where it's like you're stuck. Um, on a deserted island, you can only bring Ooh, one like of yeah. and like a grocery list of things. So that is what yeah. we'll be doing on this bonus. Tori pod. taking charge of this episode. I can't wait. <laughs> and the silly rant was very close, so that'll be that'll be the next one. Fantastic. We'll figure out what we want to rant about. But uh, if you want to listen to those, that's on our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash the silly Merlion. The silly Merlion. Uh, but yes, thank you all for listening to our shit. Uh, as always, I uh, you can find Tori and I on Twitter. Uh, I am at GoodLookingGeek, and Tori is at Toriello underscore. Uh, you can find us there. You can also find our actual podcast Twitter. Uh, it's at SillyMarillions, I Correct. believe. Plural, because we're just a bunch of silly millions. <laughs> yes. And you can subscribe, as always, to our Patreon for bonus episodes. And we also have uh, some things in the works that oh, we hope yes. that will be very interesting. Also, uh, I think when we get to, like, maybe we'll come out with, like, the $10 tier for our reactions to the movies. Oh, mm-hmm. um, I can do that. Uh, but then also, uh, I have just set up our Twitch account. It is twitch.tv slash sillymerillion. And I'm hoping to kind of start doing a little series, like uh, like one of the days, like one of the weekdays, uh, I will stream some Lord of the Rings online. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the, I think, if not the best, one of the, no, I will say it. It's the best Lord of the Rings game in regards to lore, because they do so much work and research and kind of fill everything up with that. Uh, so I've never and then, played it, and I want to play it. PC it's game, an MMO. Yeah. It's an MMO. It's uh, free, uh, oh. or at least the first few sections are free. Mm. Um, but then you gotta subscribe to get the later set. Actually, I think everything up to Helm's Deep will be free soon. Oh, uh, because they consistently like expand what all is free. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh, very fun and interesting game and like they are they have so much content because you start in like if you're a hobbit you start in the shire if you're a human you start in Bree 
And if you're an elf and a dwarf, you start in the Blue Mountains. Wow. And you go basically from there, and you follow the path of the Fellowship. You go all the way through all these different zones. From, like, you go to Moria, you go to Helm's Deep, you go to Minas Tirith, you go to Isengard, you go to Mordor. That's so sweet. Like, there and you, so many different places, and especially a lot that are only in the book. Mm. Uh and a lot of just made up lore that you're like they're like oh there's nothing here for that and uh i i can't i'll i'll sing the praises of it when i stream but uh <laughs> lord of the rings online is a fantastic fantastic game and i will sing its praises over <laughs> there uh as always special thanks to wool, Yay, wool. for uh putting together our cover art and as always, special thanks to Jack Hook for Jack. composing our intro and outro music. And special thanks to viewers like you for uh, just listening kind to of our enjoying shit. It. Yeah. <laughs> so. Da da da. Da da da. Da da da. <laughs>